And then what happens is you, you're not present and you're not as happy as you could be. You're not as relaxed as you could be. You're just, you're tense the whole time. And that comes across in your dealings with people. That comes across in your dealings with your children, with your spouse, with your friends. They feel that anxiety. And not only that, it comes across in your work. Maybe you're not taking as much risk in your work. Maybe your clients are feeling your anxiety. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years. And I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I want to share with you. And I am here to A, learn more because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level, a new audacious level. So let's get into it. Hey guys, welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. My name is Melissa Manning. I am your host and your audacity coach. So today I am talking about a little moment that I had a couple, maybe a week or so ago, where I really noticed myself having a negative thought come up, like one of those that are just buried in our subconscious and they just tend to rear their heads every once in a while. And a lot of times we don't notice them. We just kind of continue to live our life with that story. And this is a moment for me where I was able to notice it, analyze it, and decide that no, actually that's not something that I agree with anymore. And I talk about how that's going to help me move forward. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. Part of studying self-awareness or self-help, personal growth, personal development, all of that stuff, meditation too, is creating a habit where you can notice the thoughts that are coming up from your subconscious, the things that you're thinking without even realizing you're thinking, right? And a lot of those beliefs or those stories or those thoughts are the things that are driving our actions and our behavior in everyday life, right? So when we think about our personality, when we think about how we act on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis, a lot of that is based on those subconscious thoughts, right? Like we wake up and this is what I do and this is who I am and this is how I react in this kind of situation or around this kind of topic. And so part of, again, the self-help self-development, meditation kind of study is stepping back and noticing those things. But that's really hard, right? Because these are our automated processes. These are the things that are just operating in the background. They're not really clear. They take digging. They take analyzation. And so the other day, I had just a moment that really made me start thinking more about this because it was it was actually very obvious to me in that moment and I'm grateful for that and and I see that as evidence of the work that I've been doing over the last I don't know like 10 years because I was able to notice my thoughts immediately 
And then I was able to kind of separate myself from them for a moment and look at them objectively to say, like, do I really agree with this? Is this really what I believe? You know, I woke up early. I I usually wake up a couple hours before, or I try to anyway, a couple hours before I have to take my daughter to school so that I can, you know, wake up slowly. I hate having the alarm go off and immediately I have to like rush into action, get her ready, get in the car, go to school. You know, I, I don't like that. So I like waking up early, maybe writing in my journal a bit or even sometimes just going on the phone and, you know, on Instagram or something just to drink my coffee and just, again, wake up slowly. So I did that and I, you know, sometimes you just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and today wasn't that kind of day. Today was the kind of day where I just felt good. I felt content. And so, you know, I I fed her, got her dressed, got her ready for school, got her there on time. Everything was going well and I stopped at the grocery store on my way home to just grab a couple things so that I could be prepared to make dinner. And so as I'm going through the grocery store, I just had this feeling of contentment. And it was, I was able to notice it, you know, I was able to really like hone in on being like, oh, (laughs) I feel good. Like I don't have any crazy, stressful things going on right now. Money's okay you know, relationships are okay. I got my kid to school, you know, I'm being a good mom. I just felt good. I felt really content. And over the last couple of years, really like since, hi, oh my God, since maybe like 2015 or something, or even before that, I don't even know. I've had this anxiety because when you run businesses, it's like you always have to be prepared for that next hurdle, right? That next problem that needs to be solved. Or for whatever reason, like I had this anxiety for the last, I don't know, maybe 10 years or so. And so for the first time in a long time, or in just a different way, I just felt good and like I had everything under control for the first time in a long time. And then especially since 2020, you know, I lost control of everything because uh, it was just out of my hands. New York shutting down and trying to manage these businesses where I, I didn't have any resources, I didn't have any customers because everything was shut down. So yeah, so I just, after a long time of just feeling like I had to be ready to fight all the time, I felt really good. So you know, I'm noticing this feeling, I'm in the grocery store noticing this feeling, and then all of a sudden there's this voice that pops up in my head, like this little gremlin that's like sneaking and peeking around the corner, and it's like, don't get too comfortable here, don't get too comfortable, there's something bad or something stressful or some problem right around the corner, you know, like literally, we're in September, so it can't last longer than mid-October. You know, by mid-October, there's got to be a new problem that pops up. And I was just like, what the hell? (laughs) You know, like, why? Why is this voice jumping in here and raining on my parade? I was feeling so good. And then I had this voice come in that just shit all over it. And I was just like, why did that have to happen? When I was 13, I was diagnosed with depression. 
I had just moved to Virginia with my parents. I'm an only child. After having the best summer of my life with my friends, you know, I was just entering middle school or actually I had just finished one, my first year of middle school and then was going into eighth grade. And so I remember just being in Long Island. My friends and I were like a little gang riding our bikes everywhere to each other's houses, going in the pool. It was just such a great summer. And then we moved to Virginia and I got so depressed. I got so, so depressed. And so my mother took me to the doctor and the doctor gave me antidepressants. And I, you know, to be honest, I don't even really remember anything specific about being on that medication, but I I do remember that I just eventually stopped taking it. I've never been somebody who likes to lean on medication. I think it literally comes from my stubbornness. Like, you know, I don't need this pill to help me. Like I can figure this out on myself, by myself. So I just, I know that I just stopped stopped taking it and then I had started playing volleyball so I think that really helped me a lot with you know just you know exercise in general and then the camaraderie from being on a team and then you know the longer I was in Virginia I made better relationships with people and so I started you know I I was building that foundation so the depression I felt maybe wasn't as intense as it had been initially Uh, but I do know that it lasted or I had I would say maybe episodes or cycles of it throughout high school and then throughout college 100% in college but I did not take medication in college Uh, and I do remember I know this is a tangent but I do remember that my birth control like significantly impacted my mood in sort of a volatile way I would say Um, and so in those periods I had a deep depression. And again, so I don't know if that is sort of my natural inclination or in terms of like the chem- my just like natural chemistry or if that had to do, you know, directly with my birth control, directly with the environment in high school. Uh, and then after high school, I mean, after college, I definitely have had cycles. Like I've had a lot of low moments. I've had some great moments, but what I noticed the 10 years or so following college graduation is that it was not consistent. You know, it was, I'd be okay. I would never get too high. I would just be okay. And then I would have low lows. And there were moments where I was just like, wow, this is not sustainable. But I really thought that it was just part of my makeup. I do acknowledge that for some people, medication is necessary. So I don't want those people to really take offense if I'm saying that, you know, you can cure yourself and don't take medication. And I'm really just speaking for myself. And I know that there's got to be other people out there who are like me, who can figure it out on their own without the use of medication. Um, But again, no judgment whatsoever. I do realize that sometimes when you are stuck in that low, low, that medication might be the only thing that allows you to pull yourself up enough to do the work necessary to keep getting better. But from my own experience, I I felt like initially when I was given antidepressants, I felt like that was completely unnecessary because literally I was sad. What I needed in that moment was somebody to talk to, 
right? I didn't need medication to put a Band-Aid on my feelings or my loneliness. I needed communication. I needed therapy. Um, So that kind of tainted, I guess, my own personal opinion of medication to treat anxiety and depression for myself, for myself. Throughout the rest of high school, throughout the rest of college, throughout the 10 years following college, I I didn't take any antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. And and it's still something that I, if I can solve it for myself, then I want to do that. And I've seen moments, there have been moments where I feel extremely content, I feel joyous. That has shown me that there are certain triggers for that for me. There was a moment where I was in Italy right after my separation with my ex-husband and it was the first time I had traveled alone anywhere. I was reading this book called The Untethered Soul and um, I was on a bus that was going along the cliffs of southern Italy and we were on our way to an area called Suggesta which was like there was it was just a I think it was like a cliff with some ruins on it and it was just an extremely beautiful ride. We were on the cliffs overlooking the ocean. I was reading this book. I was in an empty bus. It was sunny outside and I was just crying for joy. Like I just felt like there were so many possibilities open to me. I had my entire life ahead of me and I just felt so lucky. It's literally making me cry as I say it, but but that was like one of my first moments of like pure joy and it didn't feel you know there's there's people who experience things like this in a manic way right like they'll be deep deep down really depressed and then they'll shoot up and be super super happy and it wasn't like this it was like it was just like a very clean joy very genuine very clear that was like my first taste. That was like, oh, this feeling is possible. And now I have to seek out ways of feeling this more often, of get allowing myself to reach this level of joy more often. Before COVID, I had multiple businesses that I was running. I was really excited about them and excited about my vision of building them further and just growing. And at the same time, I was a single mom and I was so stressed out because I had so much responsibility and I didn't have any support and when I would come home or when I would pick my daughter up from her father's and you know I had her on my days and I would pick her up from school I just remember that I had nothing left like there was nothing left in the tank in terms of energy and then mentally my entire mind was consumed by the businesses You know, like what I had to do tomorrow, what needed to be done tonight, if the employees were going to show up, if there was going to be problems, if this was, you know, if this order was going to come in, if blah, 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 right? Part of that was me not knowing how to set better boundaries, was me not knowing how to delegate better. Absolutely. But also when you're first starting in the first five years of most businesses, you have to be involved. And because I was opening business after business after business, I was still having to be involved in all of them. They were overlapping basically, right? Like by the time I started the, uh, I don't know, the fifth business, I was still part of running the first business. I, I felt like I was kind of trapped between a rock and a hard place. Like, and, 
And my daughter had to share my attention with all of my other quote unquote babies, like all these other businesses. And so I felt not only stressed and exhausted, but I felt guilty. I felt guilty that I wasn't giving my daughter enough attention and enough presence. And I felt guilty that I wasn't giving any one of these businesses the same. And, you know, we can try to talk ourselves out of these feelings as much as we want. I was going to therapy for a lot of this time, but I don't know. It Until you really make significant change, it doesn't really make a difference because you're still operating with the same subconscious rules and stories. There was almost a belief, I think, that was like, in order for me to be successful, I had to work myself to the bone. And in order to gain respect by from the employees, I had to work myself to death, you know? Um, I think that was a big belief for me. And, and logically, I knew that I could do it differently because I'd read so many books about businesses and leadership and things like that, management, that I knew that wasn't the case especially not now in you know the generations that we're in but I was still operating by that pattern you know like logically consciously I knew that wasn't it but subconsciously it was like well this process is already set in place so it's going to be more difficult to overwrite this so okay when COVID happened it was kind of like a a reason for me to make a huge change. And that huge change was closing my businesses, was getting out of them. And that was an entire bag of mixed emotions, which I don't even want to get into because I feel like that's a whole episode in and of itself. But it was it was extremely traumatic. It was like giving up your children, really. But there was a part of me that knew I would be better off because I was so exhausted all the time and I couldn't get out of that pattern of delegating and, you know, giving myself space. I moved to Miami a couple months after I moved I and or maybe a year or so after I moved, I ended up closing the businesses for good and, and selling some of them and closing some. And it was a huge relief, but still I was suffering from now imposter syndrome because how could I coach people on their businesses when I didn't have these anymore? You know, it was, it was my identity. And so now I didn't have that identity. So now I had to recreate, I had to rebuild my identity as somebody who doesn't own 10 businesses at once. (laughs) There were moments, I would say pockets in the maybe the first year after closing these businesses where I felt that joyous feeling again, but it didn't last long. And so my goal was always, how do I get up here and stay here? How do I make this my constant or at least my majority? Hey guys, just a quick reminder about Audacious Founder Coaching. So we do life, career, business, and financial coaching. So if you are watching your peers pass you by, if you know that you are not operating at your potential, and if you keep seeing the same patterns coming up over and over and over again in your relationship, now is the time to reach out, 
and see if Audacious Founder Coaching is right for you. The way to do that is to go to my website, audaciousfounder.com, fill out the form on my contact page, telling me a little bit about what you're dealing with. We'll set that up, we'll get it scheduled, and we'll start working on getting you past these blocks. A lot of times what happens is that We don't know what we don't know, and it's those things that are preventing us from getting to the place we want to be. The way to solve that is to do the work, and that work is through coaching. So contact me now. Let's get going. There's not a moment to lose. I hope that you're enjoying this episode, and let's get right back to it. How do I control those ebbs and flows? After moving here, after closing the businesses, You know, now it's, I closed them at the end of 2021. Is that true? No. I closed them at the end of 2020. That's, that's correct. Basically all of 2021 was an emotional roller coaster, you know, grappling with those emotions that I just said before. And then 2022 has really been sort of a clearing of the fog, a stepping out of the trauma from the last two years, I've found that my mood has been so much more level. And that is such a relief to me, such a relief. Because the idea of being at the mercy of these ups and downs is really scary. Like, I don't want to, I don't want that. I don't want to be worried about how I'm going to feel tomorrow or the next day or the next day. That's scary, like to not know yourself, kind of. You know, you never know who you're gonna wake up as. Being at this new place where I feel a lot more consistent and a lot more level in terms of my mood, and then, you know, I'm just minding my own business, walking through this grocery store, and all of a sudden I have that negative thought pop up, and I'm like, oh, I recognize this. You know, so what I wrote in my blog post is that there's two choices here. The first choice is to agree with that voice, right? Is to not question it. It's to just be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't be happy. I shouldn't be relaxed. I need to, you know, put my armor on and be ready to fight whatever that new problem is going to pop up, whether it's next week, two weeks from now, a month from now right? I need to be prepared for that. And then what happens is you, you're you not present and you're not as, you're not as um, happy as you could be. You're not as relaxed as you could be. You're just, you're tense the whole time. And that comes across in your dealings with people. That comes across in your dealings with your children, with your spouse, with your friends, with your family, right? They feel that. They feel that anxiety. And not only that, it comes across in your work, you know, like, Maybe you're not taking as much risk in your work. Maybe you're not having as much joy come through in your work. Maybe your clients are feeling your anxiety. But what happens too is that people can read into things and what that what might be purely about you, your anxiety is about you and your situation, they might take it as something about them, right? She doesn't like me. She doesn't like working with me. She doesn't, or even like, how can she solve my problems when I can tell that she's so stressed? we underestimate the impact of how our stress affects other people, how our anxiety affects other people. And so then the other choice, that's the first one, is to basically succumb to it, right? And the second choice 
is to question it, get really curious about why this voice is coming in and like stomping on my balloons, stomping on my, you know, on my pinata, stomping on my good party. That's what I was able to do. And that's the work. The work is to be able to see distinctively these two options in any given moment and to say, am I going to choose option one or am I going to choose option two? Am I going to choose to be mad at this person or am I going to choose to get curious as to why they are saying or acting the way they are? Am I going to choose to be offended by this or am I going to or am I going to choose to assume that this person is having a bad day and that they're human just like me? That is the work to be able to pause in that moment before reaction, right? And to analyze, wait, I actually have a choice here and what are they and what am I going to choose? Where am I, which direction am I going to go? So in this moment, I was able to, instead of just being like, oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Fuck, fuck. Like next month, I know something bad's going to happen. Or can I really think about like, where is this? Everything is great right now. Where is this voice coming from? What are the, what's the evidence that this voice has to say or to prove what they're saying. So what I thought about was, you know, what, what does that mean exactly? If this voice is coming in and saying, no, 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 don't get comfortable next month or even before that, something bad's going to happen. So what is that voice really telling me? Is it telling me that I don't feel like this sort of comfortable, content, happy life is something that I'm worthy of? That being financially secure and not having to worry about money, not having to worry about, you know, the issues of multiple businesses, not having just not having to worry, period. Like, is this voice telling me that I am not worthy of that, that I don't deserve that kind of life? Is this voice telling me that no matter what I achieve, I'm always going to be having to be in that fight mode where I have to, you know, have my weapons ready, have to be prepared for the next problem as opposed to living in the present and just really enjoying life. So as I was doing that, it reminded me that that's how I've been living since I don't know when, since at least the last 10 years that I have been living in that fight mode. And that's why my subconscious is still stuck there. Because my subconscious is like, well, we've been here before. We know how this goes and we're going to protect you, right? Based on your experience, we know that your phone might ring at any moment and there's a new problem. And so instead of relaxing, you got to be ready to go, ready to fight at any given moment. And then I started thinking, but how did that help me? (laughs) You know, like how did that help me in the past with the businesses? I don't think it did because I always showed up tense. I always showed up slightly more emotional or or way more emotional. I don't even know. I, I showed up at the end of my rope, right? As opposed to showing up happy, relaxed, clear, like coming at problems as if nothing is a big deal, we can solve anything that comes at us. And what that does too is that translates to the employees, right? These, the, my employees probably always felt worried and stressed. And that's horrible. Like, I don't want them to feel that way. I want them to feel confident in me and in themselves and in the business that they're working for. So 
because I was able to look at this and really analyze it, it's allowing me to not let that really stick in my mind to to when, you know, just because I, I noticed this thought once doesn't mean it's not going to come up again. It might come up again. But then I can be like, oh, again, I see you and I'm choosing not to believe that. I'm choosing that everything is great, that life is happening for me, you know, and that the path, the really positive path that I'm on right now is not only going to remain, but it's going to increase and expand in a beautiful way that's only going to get better. That is how I'm choosing to move forward. And guess what? If you've studied manifestation at all, you know that's how you have to think in order to manifest things like that. Like you have to truly believe that these good things are coming to you for those good things to come to you. It's a magnetic attraction. So if I'm sitting here thinking that, oh, no, 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 there's going to be a problem at any moment, any moment, that's exactly what I'm going to attract. That is exactly what I'm going to attract. And when problems, because, okay, let's get real. Problems do always come up. But again, we have a choice, right? We have a choice to, am I going to get super stressed out? Am I going to feel, you know, like doomed and hopeless about this problem? Am I going to say, oh, I knew this was going to happen? You know, like, oh, every time I feel happy, this thing pops up and ruins it. Or am I going to be like, you know what? That's okay. It's inevitable that little things come up and I have all the resources I need to deal with it. No big deal. I'm going to take care of this immediately. Not a problem. Right? And so how much easier is it going to be to deal with problems when you go in with that perspective? When you say, oh, you know what? I've got everything I need to solve this and it's not going to be that big of a deal. Versus, oh my God, this is the end of the world. Like, I'm never going to be happy again, blah, blah, blah. Like, what motivation then do you have to even solve that problem, right? You just want to lay in your bed and like for the rest of your life, you, you don't want to ever wake up again. But if you go in with, you know what? I got it. No problem. Like, whatever. We're going to get through it. You're going to handle these problems in such a different way. And they're going to also like with your mood, it's not going to have such an effect on your mood, right? You're not going to have such a low, low. Maybe it like takes you down a notch, right? It, it might humble you a little bit to be like, oh yeah, okay, there's still things that like can come up, fine. But it's not going to take you as low as it might have before or as low as if you were coming at it with, woe is me, I'm a victim, this always happens. This was just a really great noticing for me. I, I wrote in the blog that we forget that the anxiety and worry we carry with the assumption that it will help us be prepared for the oncoming problems doesn't really do anything to help us. It doesn't make us better decision makers. Imagine carrying an iron shield with you. Like if you saw the movie 300, like the shields that they have with you everywhere you went, how heavy it would be. By the time a problem came up, you wouldn't even be able to lift it up. When we're relaxed, happy, and content, we are better decision makers, leaders, and humans. I'm a better person than I was. I'm a better mom than I was. And I will, the more I continue to feed that, the better I'm going to get. Thank 
you guys for listening. I hope this resonated with you somehow. Please send me a message and let me know. Please share it. Give us a five-star rating because the better rating we have, the more people will find us. If you're somebody who has a great inspiring story, maybe it has to do with female entrepreneurship, send me an email. Let me know. Maybe we can get you on the podcast. Thanks again and stay audacious.